The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Beefs269. That is B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And of course, as always, be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for over there at hoopball, hoop-ball.com. So today I do want to recap the Timberwolves. Today is, by the way, Saturday, April 10th. Hope everyone's having a nice weekend. And I want to recap the Timberwolves game from last night, which was the 136-145 to overtime loss to the Boston Celtics. This game was much of the same that we've seen from the Wolves, and also very different than what we've seen from the Wolves. So I'll explain that, exactly what I mean. The Wolves have this year, as I've said, I say this almost every game because it happens almost every game, get off to a terrible start, wait until the fourth quarter, storm back. Make the game look interesting. Make it look like it was a lot closer than it was, even though they're down 20 or more points a lot of times. Now, the distinction with this game is the Timberwolves got out to a huge start, an incredibly fast start, and primarily that was thanks to Josh Okogie and Ricky Rubio. In the first quarter here, Josh Okogie had a steal, and Ricky Rubio had three steals in the first quarter. So these guys, they were providing a ton of offense in transition. And the Wolves played really good defense. They started Okogi next to Rubio with uh, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns. And Josh Okogi had one of his best games of the season. He played really good defense. He ended up with four steals, 16 points, uh, made two of four threes which is incredible. It should have been a better game. He shot 6-11 from the field. There were probably two times he got fouled where he didn't get a call. So he could have gone to the line, and then we're talking about you know 6-for-9, which is a very nice line, and potentially 20 points. I mean, a fantastic game for him. And, you know, he was a minus 3, so on this team, anything that's, you know, close to being even or positive is, is usually very good. But back to the game script a little bit. Um, We'll get back into the box score in a second. But back to the game script. This really was the Wolves getting out to a strong start. And they were up by, you know, 10, 15 points through various points in the first and second quarters. And then in the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, they're up 10, about halfway through the third quarter, the Celtics start to creep back in. And then the fourth quarter starts, and the Wolves just absolutely collapsed. And at one point, they were trailing by 11 in the fourth quarter. So you go from leading by almost 20, I mean, they were leading by 16 points at one point, to trailing by 11 points. 
it was, like I said, this is the opposite. Usually the Wolves have gotten off to slow starts and then come storming back in the fourth quarter. So what they did in this game was they played three really good quarters against a very good team. Then, in the fourth quarter, let that team get up big on them because the only way that they can make a game interesting is, of course, to make a fourth quarter comeback, which they did. And down the stretch, they got two huge three-pointers from D'Angelo Russell, including a bank shot that you really have to see to believe. It was hilarious that it went in, but, you know, the the reason that the Wolves got D'Lo is because he's Mr. Ice in my veins. He wants to take those shots, and he took them and made them. Sent the game to overtime, and there the Wolves got pretty much crushed. They... Got out. I mean, they scored 12 points in those five minutes in overtime. They just allowed 20. Or excuse me, they, they allowed uh, 21 points. So, the reason that the Celtics just absolutely exploded was at a certain point, Jason Tatum just said, screw this, I'm going to win this game. And I don't usually talk a ton about the players on the other team, but I do want to mention some here. Jason Tatum had 53 points. Somehow he was only a plus 5, which is amazing to me, uh, because he was in in the first quarter when the Wolves were doing very, very well. He shot 16 of 25, 6 of 10 from 3, 15 of 16 from the line. He had 10 rebounds and 4 assists as well. And when we talk about the Wolves here in a second, before I finish talking about these Celtics players... That was mostly with the Wolves' best defender guarding him. Jaden McDaniels was guarding him most of the game. And down the stretch, when the Celtics pushed out their lead and then pushed out their lead in overtime, those were stretches with Jaden McDaniels on the floor. And you'll see it very negatively impacted. Jaden McDaniels plus minus was very bad in this game. But Jason Tatum is awesome. He's obviously he's a superstar. He's absolutely fantastic, and it's what you expect from him. This is just more the same from Jason Tatum. A couple of other notables from the Celtics. Kemba Walker at 17-9. and uh, Jalen Brown was very good and, and all over the place. I love Jalen Brown. I wish he was on the Wolves. He's the kind of player that just... He does everything. You know, he can shoot. He can distribute. He rebounds well for a, uh, you know, sort of a smaller forward slash guard. And he plays good defense. He's just, he's really good. He had 26, 5 and 3. He had two steals, two blocks. He's very, very good. So Jalen Brown's one of my favorite players to watch as well. And yeah, that was pretty much it from this team as far as really notable performances. Uh, Marcus Smart as well, I should mention. Another guy who's just, he's so scrappy. He works his tail off every day. And he's what you hope someone like Josh Okogie can become. So let's talk Wolves now. And let's start with Jaden McDaniels. Apologize if you hear uh, my dog barking in the background. Um, Jaden McDaniels had 11 points. Three rebounds, two steals, no blocks. Played 43 minutes, was a minus 17. And look, there's sort of two aspects to this. 
The first is, he has done a great job guarding really good players, okay? We've seen him guarding James Harden. We've seen him guarding Luka Doncic. We have seen him guard very, very good players and do a good job. He did a really, really good job guarding Luka Doncic. Sometimes you're just not going to be able to guard those guys. Sometimes they're just going to have a really good day and there's nothing you can do. And McDaniels did not do a fantastic job guarding Jason Tatum. I don't think there's anything he really could have done. I think Tatum just has that killer instinct and and exploited it and used it. So, a rough game from Jaden, but I don't think that it's really indicative of, of who he is as a basketball player or anything like that. I wouldn't make any broad strokes about this game in regards specifically to Jaden McDaniels. I do believe he's a player that has a tremendous amount of potential, and there's there's going to be some some rough patches along the way. So let's just hope that he continues to do a good job with the minutes he's getting, and continues to hopefully he's playing you know better defense than he was in this game against some really good players. Josh Okogie, I mentioned, uh, and I just do want to say for the record, uh, you know, with the 16 points, with the four steals. This is the kind of game that I think Josh Okogi can have consistently. I mean, I think he can be very, very much the same kind of player that Marcus Smart is. And if that becomes the case, we're going to be talking about him as a, a very good starting caliber, you know, guy who can play the wing and defend at a super high level and just hustle his way into being very valuable. So I'm super encouraged, and he's really – he always – I feel like when he has good games, in this game he had two offensive rebounds, so he had three rebounds, two of them were offensive. I always feel like he picks up an offensive rebound or two when he has a good game, and getting in on transition and getting in on the glass offensively and crashing those offensive boards are ways that Josh Okogie can just really impact his team in ways that a lot of their other guards can't. I mean, you know, Jalen Noel, love the guy. He's not going to rebound offensively, (laughs) and he's – a fine transition player, but he doesn't have the the speed that Josh Okogie does. Or the uh, he probably has close to the same finishing ability, but you know Josh Okogie just he he adds an element to the transition game with his ability to create steals, to generate fast breaks. That's really impressive. And uh, one more note on Jaden McDaniel's as well. I mentioned he only had three rebounds, and I've said this in the last few podcasts. I'll say it again. I don't want to hammer this point home too much. The Wolves' defense is only going to be as good as how much they can rebound. And in this game, they got out-rebounded pretty significantly, 45-37. to 37. And Jaden McDaniels only picking up three rebounds while playing 43 minutes at the four is not really going to cut it. He obviously needs to rebound better. That's just something that I've been saying, and in the games where... He has been really a positive influence. They've been the games where he played good defense and rebounded. Carl Anthony Towns. Let's just go ahead and say, for the record, Carl Anthony Towns officially now has passed Kevin Garnett with the most 30-point, 10-rebound games in franchise history. He had a 65th such game tonight. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. He did have 6 turnovers. Shot 10 of 22 from the field, 4 of 9 from 
three-point range, and six of six from the line. He's awesome, and he was awesome in this game. Obviously, the Celtics' starting center is Robert Williams, who is a very good defender, but does not match up well with Carl Anthony Towns size-wise. Cat is bigger. Robbie Williams is a little bit of an undersized center. I think he's about, I think he's 6'9 or 6'10, more like Nas Reed. And Robbie Williams is a very good defender, but when you have a size disadvantage with a player like Carl Anthony Towns, it's it's really hard to play any good defense on him, to be honest with you. And the, the best way to play defense on him is to get double teams and then try to force him into turnovers, which the Celtics did a pretty good job of in this game. Again, they forced him into six turnovers. I, I talked a lot about Carl Anthony Towns recently. There was a podcast last week in which I, I really hammered home a lot of Carl Anthony Towns' points about how he's really kind of underrated and he's truly a superstar and we should appreciate him and get him assets to to win a championship because players like that, they don't come around very often. There's only players at that caliber of Carl Anthony Towns that are real superstars. There's probably 20, 15 of them in the league. And we saw Jason Tatum today, who's another one of those kinds of players. But without a player like that, you can't win championships. And when you have a player like that, and he's out there in public saying, I want to win a championship with the franchise that drafted me, and I want to retire with the franchise that drafted me, then it's your job as that franchise to say, okay, let's figure out what we need to do to make it happen, and let's do it. The Wolves have not done that so far. Now, they're trying. I understand. It's not like they're not trying to win. They're trying to win. They're just not doing a great job of it. Anthony Edwards had a fantastic game, actually. Uh, 24 points, only three turnovers. As I mentioned previously, you know, getting lots of turnovers is something that Ant has had a propensity to do recently. And when he does it, he's not very effective. Uh, five rebounds, five assists. Shot 7-12 from the field, that's 58%, 2 of 6 from 3, and 8 of 8 from the line. I mean, Ant just had an unbelievable game here. The efficiency was so high, and he, he wasn't missing shots, he wasn't taking bad shots. He was just taking what the defense gave him and distributing the ball super well, which is really impressive. I was incredibly impressed with that. And the number of assists, I mean, the Timberwolves had 30 assists in this game. You know, as a team, and that's really a strong number. Now, the Celtics had 32, so, you know, give them credit as well. But Anthony Edwards had 5, Cat had 7, Ricky Rubio had 7, D'Angelo Russell had 8. A couple other guys chipped in. But, I mean, the way that they're distributing the ball... And the way that they're running off ball, they're running so much action with two-man action, whether it's Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, or let's get Anthony Edwards and Iso. I mean, the thing is, all respect to Malik Beasley. The way that Anthony Edwards can run the offense and become, I mean, the primary, the focal point of an offense, it's not something I think Malik Beasley is capable of. And 
I'm I'm ready to crown Anthony Edwards their third best player at this point. I'm I'm pretty much at that point. He was playing much better defense as well. You can see he is making a conscious effort to bring tons of effort early in the game and throughout the game. He was talking in a press conference just last week about the fact that he thought that they just kept starting slow. And he said, you know, we can't be BSing in the layup lines. We have to start games better. We have to start strong. And in this game, they did that. They started strong. They finished poorly, but they did start strong. And it was very encouraging to see them do it. So now what they need to do is do what they did in the fourth quarter against the Pacers and the first three quarters against the Celtics, and they're going to beat good teams by 15 points. Now, I know that's me saying, okay, yeah, if they put together their best possible game on both ends of the floor. But, I mean, in the first quarter, they only allowed 25 points. They had a very good defensive first quarter. But when all was said and done, Celtics shot 54%. And it's not like they weren't taking a lot of three-pointers. Almost half of their shots were three-pointers. They made 19 three-pointers. That's ridiculous. So that's the way I see it that you know, Anthony Edwards is bringing an, an energy and a level of leadership that is incredibly impressive. And you can see it on the floor. You can see the maturation and the growth just from game to game where he's saying he's realizing the mistakes he's making and then trying to minimize them in the next game. You can see he does something dumb and then the next game he goes... I shouldn't do that as much. He thinks about why, what he can do to improve himself. Every single game. It is so impressive from a guy who's 19 years old. The sky is the limit for Anthony Edwards. He can be this team's second best player. I won't say he can be better than Carl Anthony Towns, but he can definitely be this team's second best player. You could make an argument he's not super far from that already. But I think that uh, Mr. Ice in his veins is still... Still holding that second-best second, second best crown. Uh, next up, Ricky Rubio. Ricky was not efficient scoring, but he just did a ton to help this team. You know, he only had four points. He was 1 of 5 from the field. 0 of 3 from deep and 2 of 2 from the line. But he had four rebounds. He had seven assists, and he had four steals. Three of those steals came in the first three minutes of the game. But in the first quarter, he was really igniting a lot of what they were doing. And even when he's not getting steals, you know, he's deflecting balls. He's someone who, if you pass to him, he's able to get out on the break and make great passes. I mean, you know, in 22 minutes, he was a plus one. In fact, I believe he was one of two Timberwolves who was a plus. The other one was Jarrett Culver, who played five minutes. And that is all the Jarrett Culver talk you're getting today. So, yeah, that was that was it. He only played 22 minutes. Now, let's keep in mind as well. In those 22 minutes, with seven assists, he had zero turnovers and one personal foul. This is the Ricky Rubio we thought we were getting when we traded for him this offseason. This is the Ricky Rubio Wolves fans have been begging for. 
they don't need him to score. It's nice when he does. They don't need him to. They need him to be someone who can be a ball handler off the bench, basically. Because when D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are in, they have two very, very good on-ball players. So when those two are off, Ricky Rubio is coming on and playing good minutes. And that's basically what we saw in this game. We didn't see Ricky really playing with D'Angelo Russell at all. We did see D'Angelo Russell playing with Jordan McLaughlin. So, a great game for Ricky Rubio. And one of those kinds of games where if you look at the box score and you go, well, he had had four points and four steals are good, but, you know, whatever. If you watch the game, you can just see the impact he had. And a big part, too, is uh, there was a point I remember in the first quarter where... There was a switch. Anthony Edwards is going somewhere. And Ricky Rubio just instinctively looks over his shoulder, sees Ant, and tells him, hey, man, switch. Go over here. Go over here. And you could see him pointing and telling Anthony Edwards where to go. And they ended up getting a stop on that possession because Ricky Rubio directed Anthony Edwards to the right spot on the floor. That's the kind of leadership he brings. That's what he can do. And if he's making everyone around him better, which is what he did in this game, then the Wolves should be very happy they have Ricky Rubio as a backup point guard. And now, of course, Mr. Ison and Ice in my veins himself, D'Angelo Russell, had a really pretty good game. Uh, 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line. He had four rebounds, eight assists, only two turnovers, 26 points. And look, D'Lo's defense is porous. It's very bad. And no one is denying that or, or debating that. His defense is very, very bad. However, I do think that what D'Angelo Russell offers offensively especially when you have the combination of the two-man game with him and Carl Anthony Towns, which is basically how they got back into this game at the end and how they managed to tie the game. They were just running pick-and-rolls every single time with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. That was the entire strategy at the end of the game. And it was working because D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are both very good players on the perimeter, and D'Angelo Russell had a couple of times in this game where he drove to the basket and he picked up fouls and he's he's a good finisher around the basket. And so that was super encouraging. If he starts actually driving into the basket, and uh, it's funny, the mid-range shots, everyone was complaining about the mid-range shots early in the year, and, and I, I thought they were bad too, but I think what he's started to do now is he's starting to realize he can get those mid-range shots from... 11 feet instead of from 19 feet you know so instead of being a foot inside the three-point line he's standing just outside the paint basically and taking a short mid-range shot and if he can get open for that I mean he's already a good mid-range shooter that's a that's a way better shot so frankly that to me is really encouraging the fact that he's trying to get to the rim is really encouraging the way he's distributing the ball is really encouraging offensively the two-man game with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, along with the two-man game of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, has made this team offensively 
into something it just wasn't before. And made it so that they're able to play competitive games against really good teams. The Celtics are a very good team. It just it excites me tremendously to think of the potential of this right now. And I'm I'm on board with it. I was skeptical of D'Angelo Russell making a huge difference when he came back. And so far, he's made a big difference. And he only played 28 minutes in this game. He's going to play more. And hopefully by the end of this year, when they have, if they have an overtime game, we see Anthony Edwards playing 40, Carl Anthony Towns playing 42, and we also see D'Angelo Russell playing 40. And I think they win that game if that's, a, if that's the case. So... We will see how his minutes progress, but again, he played 28 minutes, just under 29, so he's progressing a little bit, getting a little more into shape. He looks really good. A couple bench mob guys want to mention. Wancho, he did have 10 points, 4 rebounds, um, to minus 5. Wancho is improving a lot as a cutter, which is really impressive. And I mentioned before he's a decent rebounder, so... That's something that's been really nice, and he's been getting to the to the free throw line more. So, you know, he took three free throws in this game, and he hasn't been making them at a high clip, but the fact that he's getting to the line more is a good thing. I think it's always a good thing to get to the line unless you're shooting, you know, 40%. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin only played 14 minutes. He had seven points. He had two assists. Nothing huge. Or, excuse me, two steals, one assist and two steals. So, J-Mac was fine. And then uh, Nas Reed only put 10 minutes in this game. They didn't run the too big lineup. I think that they were afraid of, because, you know, the Celtics oftentimes will play Tatum at the four. I think that Chris Finch was like, I mean, let's be honest here. Nas Reed guarding Jason Tatum is a bad idea. A very bad idea. And Carl Anthony Towns guarding Jason Tatum, also not a good idea. So... I, I'm completely okay with that. Nas had eight points. Like I said, barely played. He did make another three-pointer. So the Nas three trend does continue. Um, keep taking those threes, Nas. So then obviously uh, Ed Davis, Jake Lamb, and Jared Vanderbilt did not get in the game. And I think it's really interesting that Vando has just been out. Like, he, he hasn't been hurt. They're, he's just out of the rotation. It's weird. He was playing pretty well, I thought, and starting for them at certain points. But Chris Finch has decided he's someone he doesn't really like. And then, obviously, the two players who are currently hurt, Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel. Malik Beasley is going to be another three to five weeks. Jalen Noel, we don't have a timetable on. It's not supposed to be terribly serious. Uh, he His ankle was rolled over earlier this week. So hopefully Jalen Noel will be returning soon for the Timberwolves and give them another bit of three-point shooting off the bench. And that's that's all we've got for you today. So tomorrow the Wolves are, I believe they're here. And by here, no, they're in Minnesota. So they're playing uh, the Bulls. I, I live in Chicago, so my hometown Bulls in Minnesota. Um. And that'll be 7 p.m. Eastern time, or excuse me, 7 p.m. Central time. And be sure to look for that. Uh, we'll get to see in that game. I didn't get to mention in this game because there aren't any 
former Timberwolf legends on the on the Celtics. On the Bulls, there's a couple. There's actually a number of them that I will mention. Some former Timberwolf legends that uh, we'll get to see. So we'll keep an eye out for that, and we will catch you guys then for the next podcast. Again. You can follow me on Twitter at Beefs269, B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And, of course, as always, be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com for all the basketball content you're looking at. Folks, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.